1: Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed, and this is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. Hello, David. <laughs> You're being suspicious at me again. Are you quite tired? I am a bit sleepy. You just got back from the Oscars? I have. I've been offered at an Oscars binge. Me and Leo just parting the night away for his final You've success. only just got back five days later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you stay up and watch it? No no I woke it's the up, worst television program in the world my my
2: plan as regular <laughs> listeners will know was to get rich from doing a, a um accumulator mm. of all the uh, uh, betting on my um uh the we've had, run a competition for the predicting the best actor director actress director you know the top six ones yeah I couldn't, they do not do it. No, and these websites do an accumulator.
1: Did they not do it? No. You weren't able to? No. Surely, if you go into your bookies and say, have my money, they'll work out odds well, for you. Well, it was on Sunday night and
2: I couldn't, they were closed. I was trying oh, to you had to, to do it on online. So I bet on them all individually.
1: Oh, did that? I bet a pound and all of my um, uh, predictions. And I... So, did you... oh, hang on. And you got, I believe, four right? So the winners are the, obvious. we should go through people who haven't, Yes. In most, if you don't know what
2: they are, what are you going to do a film podcast for?
1: Yeah. I mean, and also, do they matter? <laughs> the Spotlight won Best Film. Spotlight won. Uh, that one that Britain is like, what? What's that? What? Uh, well, that's that was the best film, it turns out. Uh, the best actor was which Leonardo ag- DiCaprio. Which I agree with. Uh, yes. Uh, and I predicted that one, yeah. You did. The best actor, Leonardo DiCaprio. We both predicted it was his turn. Yeah. Best Actress was won by... Um, who won that Brie Larson for Room Broome, yeah. um, uh, best supporting actor was Mark Rylance and that surprised a lot of people because everyone thought it was going to be Sylvester Stallone and you didn't rate Rylance in. British I cannot skies, believe
2: that he won it I cannot believe it I think I saw all the performances apart from Stallone's because I haven't seen Creed yet mm. and Mark Rylance's was the, was the worst I do not understand why he got it and he was that was the that was the prediction which scuppered all of our competition entrants, mm. pretty much.
1: Mm. I mean, who knows what shady dealings going on behind the scenes? He's maybe just, they're trying just to set trendy, up,
2: isn't he? Just trendy now, but is he?
1: Because he hasn't really done many American films. But maybe they just have plans for him. Maybe they've got plans. They need a new Ian McKellen because he's not going to be around forever, is he? They love that theatre shit. They do. Best Supporting Actress was Alicia Vikander for um, that Danish girl. Danish girl thing. She was very good in Ex Machina, I liked her, thought she was talented, that's good. Best Director was um, in Naruto for The Revenant, Yeah, two years most, in a row.
2: Yeah, I think most of them were right.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, no one won. The closest of all our competition entrants was Richard Bald got five, Yeah, and so, someone else got five, but... I've been banned from bringing my computer
1: here because it's about to break and the fans are too noisy. It's very noisy. So um, I'm afraid nobody got the Film Fantango certificate. So that means, competition fans, that it's a rollover. So whoever guesses all six of the Oscars next year gets not one, but two certificates. I mean, that's not really... That's That's a rollover, Mary. That's how a rollover works. It's what happens in the lottery. It's what happens on Pointless... Yeah but if nobody see- <laughs> wins their 85 pounds 70 or whatever it is on pointless it goes over to the next the next well,
2: day you're just printing out two bits of paper you no 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 so they'll be they'll be worse.
1: distinctly different certificates i won't just you know put a different colour filter on the background or something they'll be different
2: it's worse
1: no it's, it's better
2: i can't find here <laughs> the person who got five out of six was because of my phone's so slow but anyway We hope you enjoy the Oscars, and now it's time to talk about our cinema exploits.
1: Our cinema?
2: Our cinema.
1: (laughs) Our cinema. Well, it's funny you should say that, because that very much is the brand of the film I'm going to talk about. Alright. right. Uh, This is the film Deadpool. Um, Now, uh, for people not in the know, Deadpool is uh, the outsider superhero film. I say outsider, it's still part of the largest superhero family of all time, cinematically. The Marvel Universe. But it's the, it's the, it's the little cousin of the, of the family, who they all hate because he's disgusting. Is it based on a comic? It is. It's based on a Marvel character called Deadpool, who is um, the merc with the mouth. He's a, he's a mercenary, basically, who cannot die, really. He can feel pain, a lot of it. But he heals very fast, like Wolverine.
2: What but did he do to get that special power? He
1: got cancer. And Hang on a minute, that's yeah, the opposite. Of he got getting... inoperable cancer, and then was given an offer he can't refuse to become a superhero in order to su- cure his cancer. Even though he's not a heroic man, he's Are you an sure absolute Lance, asshole. Lance Armstrong, yeah, yeah, it's not. Um, but it turns out he was double crossed, and it wasn't to become a hero; it was to become a slave. A super oh, slave, know what doing the do dishes and stuff. Yeah, doing dishes uh, for super villains, but basically, um, the reason this is different and to the other fair is that for several reasons. One, it's got a tiny budget compared to the others, a snip at fifty-three million dollars. I don't know how they managed to afford anything. <laughs> they, must have, they must have been eating gruel in the canteen. For fifty-three million. Um, it uh, is postmodern in that it breaks the fourth wall all the time. The character talks directly to um, the audience, it makes references to actors who are in the other films, and does all of this. Like, and, but that is very much Deadpool style. He does that in the comics as well. So they've adopted that. Played by Ryan Reynolds, and he's playing this basically anti hero mercenary character. Um, so it's 15. Uh, certificate in this country are rated in America and they made a big song and dance about that um, because they're supposed to be family films as a genre and this one has bloody violence and you know limbs being hacked off and he swears all the time and talks endlessly about his butthole and junk um, oh,
2: that sounds like my sort of film yeah and he lives
1: with a blind uh, black lady who he's always making sexual innuendos at and she tells him to fuck off um, and all that stuff is quite refreshing Um now here's here's my it is entertaining it's entertaining in a in a surface level is it funny it is funny did you laugh out loud a lot not a lot but I don't tend to did other you know people in the audience laugh yeah they, they did they did very much so very, and there's some really funny stuff in it there is there is it is very entertaining on an entirely surface level because ultimately this film for me wants to be something like Crank which is genuinely sort well, of... I've not seen crank. Have you not? What is Crank? Crank is a uh, Jason Statham film made by some, I think, crazy Europeans or something, but it's just sort of mental, uh, utterly mental, and sort of you go, whoa, <laughs> they've done that? Okay, fine. And it's hugely entertaining as a result. This is still very safe. I think this, it it purports to be a superhero film for adults. I think this is a adult film for 13-year-olds. So 13-year-olds are going to creep into it or find it online or whatever and think it's the most amazing thing they've ever seen. Because okay. in terms of the, the violence and fights, the raid goes far darker and gorier than this does and so many other things do as well. In terms of its innuendo and, and smutiness, other things go far worse than this does as well. Oh, okay.
2: So, it's, not really, it's not really near the edge then.
1: It's not. Re- well, it is compared to a lot of... Comedies out there, you know, American comedies, it's far further than, you know, Zoolander or Anchorman or any of that stuff. Yeah. But it's still not. I don't know. It feels to me like this would be a 13 year old who's 13 now's favourite film growing up, you know? But for adults, it's like you have to turn quite a lot of your brain off. Because, ultimately, they've changed the the dialogue, they've changed the style of uh, character that they've got, who isn't a wholesome, you know, sort of chiselled guy. He's, uh, the process that makes him have superpowers uh, completely obliterates his skin and makes him look like a scrotum. And there's lots of jokes about that. Okay. Um, and he's, he can break the fourth wall and talk to everybody and crap jokes. And, you know, when they say, We're taking you to see Professor X, he says, you know, um, Stuart or McAvoy. Like, he's doing all of that stuff. Despite all of this, the actual story experience still feels like the same Marvel film again.
2: Oh, okay. Does it, does it wear out? Uh, I, it feels like one of those films where it's funny for the first half an hour and it, and it turns into an atypical film.
1: Is that what happened? I don't know because I don't know. I, I mean, we probably have different experiences watching it because that's exactly what I felt watching Kung Fury, but it held your attention to the end. Yeah. You know, for me, once I'd got the gag, I was like, yeah, I know what this is now," and I enjoyed Deadpool more than that, I think. But um, it, it sort of, it had me, but I don't think I'd watch it again. Okay. You know, because it, it's not its overall philosophy, the way it looks at the world, and the ideas it wants to play with are ultimately identical to iron man thor ant man captain america all of these films you know it's the same palette that it's painting with and this is the most interesting one they've produced mm. and yet it's still not quite enough for me to make me go that's uh, absolutely amazing it's been very popular though incredibly it? successful uh, commercially because it's it cost far less. So because it only cost 53 million instead of whatever, 230 million or whatever Thor cost or whatever, and it's made, no, I've got that, those figures wrong, but it may, it's made about 230 million already, I think. So in terms okay. of return, it means that the door is now open on R-rated superhero films across the board and they're all now going, that's what we're going to do. In fact, there were rumours that Batman and Superman were trying to re-edit their film to make it R-rated before it's released next month. But I don't know if that's true. Sounds
2: like there might be um, more hope for The Bumming Man getting made then.
1: Well, because that would have to be an 18, wouldn't yeah. it, The Bumming Man?
2: it there'd be a lot of butthole stuff
1: in there. Loads of butthole stuff. Um, yeah, Ryan Reynolds is very good in this. And he he is entertaining, he's a funny guy, and he's finally... Got the superhero genre right. It's a character that really suits him. Oh, he did the Green Lantern before. Didn't well, he me? did Green Lantern. He also did. He's also played Deadpool before in X Men Origins Wolverine, and it was rubbish. Um, and he's also been in Blade Three, which is a Marvel property as well. So he's been in three Marvel films and a DC already. Uh,
2: I bet he can afford some nice crisps.
1: Probably can.
2: How many Davies do you give it then?
1: I've been thinking about this. I think I'd probably give it seven because I did really enjoy it but I know I wouldn't enjoy it twice. It sounds like it's on the board between seven and eight. No, on the board between a six and a seven. Oh, so really? I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh really. I, I'm all for them spending less money and being more interesting with this whole roller coaster that isn't going to stop. I'm thankful because we can wish the Marvel movies away all we like, but it's going to keep on rolling until they're no longer profitable. So if they can be interesting with them, which is what they backed out on in Ant Man, is what I get. My feeling, you know, it was going to be an Edgar Wright film. He was going to do his own thing with it. And yet it was going to be part of this larger world. And then he clearly wanted to do something too interesting. And they were like, no. And they homogenized it and homogenized it again with a new director. But with this, they didn't want it to happen. And from what I hear online... uh, they did test footage years and years ago and it was shit-canned, you know. The studio were afraid of it, basically. And somehow, and no one really knows who, the test footage got leaked online and fanboys went absolutely crazy for it. And that's why it's finally got made.
2: Oh. So
1: the rumours are Ryan Reynolds did it himself because he really wanted to play it. But who knows. Um, But we'll see. This... Basically, people are excited this might pave the way for a Wolverine movie where he actually uses his claws to hurt people. (laughs) Because he's got claws. You can't really do a family film about a man with claws. Uh, Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Yeah. It's good. Anyway, so Deadpool, I think out of all of the superhero films, you might enjoy it the most.
2: Well, I didn't watch it. I went to see Rams instead when it was on. Yeah. Uh, Do you know what it's time for? This. Some people writing, dead to dead to
1: the them out. So who has written in and what do they want? Um,
2: all right, uh, this letter is from emails from Dominic Fackety. First of all, may I just apologise if we don't read your emails out. It's never intentional, just occasionally uh, my filing system is very bad and we've got so many obstacle ones and I'm using my phone now rather than my computer And it's quite hard to track them down.
1: Also, our Twitter notifications fill up our inbox and confuse me. So I should probably turn that off. Yes. Yeah. So
2: apologies if we don't ever read your letter out. But we enjoy reading every one of them. Mm. Here is Dominic Fakety. Hi, Marek, David, and Buddy. To be read in David's best grumpy voice or just as Marek himself. Oh, right. I see. (laughs) I'm nearly up to date. Now. (laughs) after an epic journey through all all of your podcasts. A topic that has come up a few times is how the cinema experience can be ruined by how rubbish some cinemas can be nowadays. I went to see Room a few weeks ago. I was loving the film up until about ten minutes before the end when a member of staff noisily walked in with a cleaning cart and stood waiting for the film to end. This was quite annoying. But even worse than that was in the middle of the last scene, the lights came on. Quite a while before the film actually ended, and the scene had faded to black. This totally took me out of it again and left me feeling angry about the lack of Claire shown by View Reading Oracle and not about the moon set by the film. Shame on you, View Reading.
1: Yep. I've been to the Reading uh, Oracle as well. Is
2: it rubbish? Yeah, it's terrible. He continues Maybe I'm just grumpy. <laughs> I was annoyed to leave the reviews of cinemas Facebook annoyed enough to leave reviews on the cinemas Facebook and TripAdvisor pages. <laughs> Revenge. <laughs> that is <laughs> That is annoying. The ratings for cinema on both were terrible, and several people have made similar complaints. This makes me feel like the big chain of cinemas don't really care about film as much as the people going to see them. I sent a complaint email, and after an initial sorry, not sorry response, when I was told that the lights come on early for safety reasons and, and controlled automatically, I refused to accept this in cinema. Next reply came with two tickets away with apology and refund. I will give the view another try as I'm not too stubborn or wealthy to turn down the free tickets. But I'm guessing they'll just be as rubbish next time, too. He's linked to a couple of fantastic films, uh, short films online. One called Validation, directed by Kurt Cooner
1: Oh, the, who did, the, did dear Zachary. Zachary?
2: Oh, brilliant. i have to watch that. Uh, so it's called Validation by Kurt, K- with a K, and his surname is K U E N N E. And the other one is Hedgehog in the Fog which is a 10-minute-long Russian animation made in 1975, um, which is really nice. I watched that one, and I quite enjoyed it. It's quite odd watching a 1975 Russian film. It's quite peaceful. And about a hedgehog. Getting lost in the fog.
1: Oh.
2: It's very nice to sort of just uh, watch something normal. Um, take care. Keep talking about the films. Dom. Um, my, uh, the old Odeon, Muzzle Hill, which is now the um, uh, Everyman Muzzle Hill. Yes. It, uh, with the same management. <laughs> They, um, I complained about when I went to watch uh, Gravity and, and the sound didn't work and they tried to get away with it. And I complained and I got an email when I sent to Aeolian and an and email back from the manager sent, said she sent me two free tickets. She never did. Wow. Screw you. And that is why I don't really go there anymore.
1: I go to Picture House Central these days which is the um, redone Trocadero cinema. It's really good. I go to Picturehouse Crouch End
2: and I absolutely love it.
1: Yeah. yeah I tell you, one of David's celebrity spots, because of course I saw Eddie Redmayne last time I went there. Yes, you I? did, well, yes. This time I saw Idris Elba. Wow. Yeah.
2: I can't stand him.
1: Can you not? What, why? Is think, it just because you've only seen those Sky ads? I think he's an arrogant <laughs>
2: prick. <laughs> Have you met him? I just think, uh, he's one of the people when he's on TV, I just instantly shout the word Cock. <laughs> I bet he's a total bellend.
1: I don't know. He loves himself. I mean, the way he walked up the stairs, I couldn't tell one way or the other. Oh. um, Do you want to read an email out? Yeah, I'll read one. So this is from Lee Wood. He says, Hi, guys. Rod Gilbert Welsh accent, please. I mean, that's your speciality. He's absolutely brilliant. You better do this one. See if you can do it.
0: All right, then. Been meaning to write in for a while, but haven't got round to it until now. Two questions for you. Number one, with the Oscars and the controversy surrounding it, who do you think that is not white that should have been nominated? I'm not a big Oscar follower, but I was intrigued as there's been all the anger about race, but no one has said who should have been nominated. Two, have you ever had a film spoiled as you walk into the cinema? I was going to see Star Wars and managed to avoid all spoilers by ignoring the internet. And as I walked into the cinema, someone was walking out talking loudly about a major plot point in the film. Towards the film. What? I don't know what that means. I was so angry, it pretty spoiled the film for me. Should there be a ban on talking about the film as you walk past people queuing to see the next showing? Anyway, thanks for the podcast. Lee Wood, sent from my iPhone.
1: Oh well, thank you, Lee Wood. Uh, well, to address your questions in order... The Oscars controversy of Oscars so white, because again, there were no non-white nominees for any category of actor. Um, I think think what you're saying is probably valid and I think it's been pointed out by a number of people as well in that it seems to be an endemic problem with Hollywood, not a problem per se with just the Oscars in that the roles for black people simply aren't there. Therefore, there's far less chance of the Oscars nominated yeah,
2: it seems to me it's terrible the only time uh, uh, black people get nominated for Oscars
1: it's to do with a civil rights film or, oh, a, sla- yeah, or, a, slavery, or a slavery always. film and you know uh, time will heal all wounds you know the, the racist people will slowly die and be replaced with incrementally less racist people uh, as you know as things move on but no it, it is it is sort of an embarrassment for them isn't it mm. But did you see the um, thing doing the rounds of uh, the reaction to the costume designer from Mad Max walking up to receive her Oscar? Yes. It's amazing. Isn't that, like
2: the BAFTAs, is not it? No, isn't no, no,
1: no. That gif was from... It's the same woman who was called the bag lady by Stephen Fry at the BAFTAs, but walking up to get her Oscar, and all of those men just turning their noses yeah, up her yeah. because she's not wearing a beautiful gown. Well, we assume... It may be because she stank of shit. I don't know. Whoa, 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 whoa! I'm just other hypotheses. Yeah, I did see Maybe it. It she horrible. slept with all of them and never called any of them back. I mean, we don't know the true reason. I don't know if but it's been... probably because she wasn't wearing a gown.
2: I don't know. if I don't know, but I don't trust those gift things. Cause it's only about th-
1: I know exactly. three
2: seconds, and everything's taken out of contact. I, don't, I know I didn't see it, so I can't yeah, ju- yeah. judge it. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Um, but, th- but anyway, the second question. I haven't had a film sport, but I was on the. Tr- train one morning and there were two pricks both had the same uh, in london this is in uh hoxton beards the sort of beards skinny jeans and sort of uh shirts up to top and they were talking you know you could tell they were dicks yeah uh, and brown shoes a sign of uh <laughs> um and they just were talking about the ending of game of thrones the right, series yeah, the like, yeah. the fifth series oh, i haven't seen out really loudly because so they want everyone to hear them on the train, and you could tell people were were just thinking, we well, have just ruined." They ruined yeah. the whole thing for everyone on the train,
1: which is a really weird thing to do if it's something that you love. To go, oh I love this. I'm going to ruin it for everyone else. Yeah, it is very odd. I mean, spoilers in terms of spoiler warnings should be carried around with you wherever you go. It shouldn't be just the queue outside a cinema. You know, I. I don't well, we probably do it anyway when we talk about it's difficult
2: to talk about things without mentioning it.
1: We uh, try to warn people if they don't want it spoiled. But yeah, I mean I don't think we should have a ban on talking about films as you leave. I mean, I don't I don't know how that would be policeable. Se- a
2: separate exit. Really. That,
1: well there's a solution, isn't it? <laughs> the film leave just leave and get out because I remember you used to go to the cinema
2: Occasionally, when it's when you're at, 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 when it's late, the last showing, yeah, and you go out through like the the forms like the far exit, so you can't yeah, go yeah, into that's the right.
1: building. Um, the IMAX uh, still has separate entrances and exits because it takes so long to fill it up. Ah. So you enter at the bottom and leave at the top. Well, there we go. There you go, indeed. Well, that'll do for letters, won't it? That'll do for letters. So um, we what right. yeah. on. We're going to talk about um, some Netflix films now, aren't we?
2: Yeah, we talked about the document. I I thought we'd give a people in the past said it's useful when we said what's good on Netflix, and I think there's so much on there now. And it's really hard to navigate it. Mm. Um, and last week um, uh, we talked about coming last week before Winter on Fire, which was the amazing Oscar-nominated documentary was on Netflix about the the um, well revolution really isn't it I suppose it's the
1: throwing it? out by uh, by public demand of their corrupt president in Ukraine yeah um, and the aftermath of doing that and you've now seen that what do you think it. of it i mean it's unbelievable it's unbelievable I mean I would call it incredibly sad if it didn't make me so angry do you mm. know what I mean I mean it's the the injustice of it being 2014 this that's, film That's what, that's what you, it's so difficult to believe yeah and yet, here is uh, here is a regime not so far from, from us. You know, they are fighting to be whether they are part of Europe to their west or part of Russia that they gained independence from, who still wants them, you know, back for seemingly no better reason than sort of Game of Thrones. Uh, you know, kings grabbing land. But, um, and they, without seemingly and if the film is honest without any uh rise to arms at all to violence at all entirely peaceful protest here is a regime that turns both its brutal police force and then live ammunition on its own people yeah but the footage the, fa- the footage is
2: incredible absolutely amazing yeah and i think that's some, and that's why i think documentaries are going to get better and better because of this almost universal access to footage that people have yep. it's going to be more difficult to edit
1: But and I think documentaries are getting more and more vital and powerful as well for this very reason and more immersive you feel much more um... well in, the, in the, the internet age which is full of noise and very little sense being given an actual uh, well thought out and constructed narrative in this form becomes incredibly powerful because the whole situation in the ukraine is something that there was a plenty of noise about online but certainly like, it wasn't very clear what was actually going on yeah. from over here you yeah. know it's just like it was all about well vladimir putin's doing this and he probably shouldn't naughty and that was sort of it and it was like this film is you know it really fills in the gaps and you can see it from the people's point of view yeah. it go our narratives about nations and and uh, sovereignty and all of this still go back to those old well trodden rungs of basically stories about powerful men and the the people so often get written out of them mm. but this is all from the people's point of view and how these powerful men are basically insane oh, I went to a uh
2: One of these camera things there, uh, uh, a sort of filmmaker's, uh, I don't know, sort of trade fair thing. Right. I went to one of these boring talks. Well, the most interesting thing that someone said was that the BBC had to rely at some point that user-generated footage is becoming a really big thing. Yes. Because when reporters can't get access to areas, and or it's too dangerous, they must rely on being sent in and getting getting this footage they would never be able to... They don't want reporters to see. So now it's out there now. There's a whole new way of getting news and yeah, yeah. also um, uh, documentary footage.
1: But Winter on Fire, I think, you know, is vital watching. I think everyone should see it.
2: Yeah. Um, I also watched recently this Advanced Style, which is a weird documentary. I think about Netflix is there's a lot of documentaries, I think because it's so big on there, you get more specific documentaries. a lot of fashion documentaries, yeah. which you wouldn't ever... I mean, they got released like the, the uh, Dior and I about the first cat I watched with my girlfriend about the making of this first catwalk season for Christian Dior. Yeah, yeah. But it's fascinating to see it, and where you know the inspiration, rates And all these um, I can't, the ladies who make all the highly skilled sort of separate floor wheel all these make all these wonderful dresses yeah, yeah. and sort of things that maybe wouldn't work in the cinema, although it was a cinema release, has got home on Netflix and the September issues on there, which is the
1: sort of Devil Wears Prada oh, yeah. of the, the head of the head of Vogue I wonder like... the thing about Netflix is that with the old system of you know putting things in cinemas and then people buy tickets or putting them on TV and hoping people watch them yeah. with Netflix because it's entirely computerised it's entirely digitised and it's a maze like they've very consciously made it hard to navigate yeah, really but that's hard. on purpose definitely yeah. but it means that they they are changing our habits to browse through it like shopping rather than go directly to the it's thing we want. It's a real pain in the arse. It is, but it's very clever at the same time. I bet you they have the statistics for everybody that goes into a big computer that not only says what we're watching and at what minute we turned it off and never went back to it yeah. as well, but what we, browse, what we scroll through and how long we linger on certain pictures yeah. of stuff as well, they'll know it all. And it'll... It'll be like you know, like Skynet or whatever, where it goes. People are watching fashion documentaries, buy more fashion documentaries, yeah, you know, and it'll just they'll just buy up some more and see if it works. Like they've got
2: all of the data now. Um, I also watched on Netflix back in time, which is a documentary about Back to the Future. Right. Which feels that it's got it's brilliant when it talks about the first half hour about the uh, film. Yeah. And then there's a half an hour bit about all the weird fans, which is really boring and it okay. makes you feel and f- makes you feel dirty watching <laughs> it, it. Makes you feel bad about liking the film. <laughs> it's got a sort of back, yeah, it's got yeah,
1: it really puts I you. do not to be one of them.
2: Yeah, there's a like an awful band who do Back to the Future nights and all these men in their mid forties having nervous breakdowns, <laughs> making their own Back to the Future cars. Okay. Anyway, so I've gone through the docs on Netflix I've seen, and here are some recommendations for you and there's loads on there that will help you find your way through so I'll quickly list these so the documentary Look of Silence that I made for an Oscar it's not as good as The uh, Art of Killing um, uh, September issue of Vogue thing is quite interesting Blackfish which is the yeah, documentary about the um, the killer whales 20 Feet from Stardom which I made for an Oscar last year but all the backing singers is quite good Catfish is a really interesting one about um, although have you heard it's fake yeah it's a sort of fake thing about being stalked about meeting someone on the internet yeah. and having a profile but it's, it's worth a watch yeah um Bobby Fischer against the world is all right chess thing. Okay. If you enjoyed Winter on Fire, you'll like the pretest, which is quite similar about the Egyptians about sort of the square. Yeah, that's
1: great. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I really, really enjoyed the square, and it's amazing how the stories are similar. Yeah. You know, just so, I guess that's what it, happened when we have a revolution. I'm sure it happened in revolutionary France yeah. as well. You all, you all meet in a big area of you know symbolic significance, but. No, the square the square is not quite as engaging. It is a good film, but watch Winter on Fire instead, yeah. I'd say. Um, the Overnighters, as I talked about before,
2: is now on Netflix. About this uh, priest who goes to sort of um, a really really poor town in America, and a guy who runs uh, not a priest, he runs a sort of homeless shelter for them. Right, uh, it's amazing. That's on Netflix and fascinating. What's that called? The Overnighters. The Overnighters. And ones we've talked about before, Battered Bastards of Baseballs so are quite great. enjoyable. It's uh, great fun. The Mavericks. And the best, one of the best ever sports documentaries, Hoop Dreams, about following two young basketball players. It's quite famous, this. That's on Netflix. Um, it's about 15, 20 years old now. And there's another brilliant one about spelling bees called Spellbound, which got nominated for an Oscar a few years ago. Is also great.
1: So that's about it, really, for this week. Yeah, that'll do. If you'd like to write to us, and we will hopefully get to you eventually, uh, and read your letter out on the podcast, then please do so. Our email address is dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. If you'd like to post anything for fellow listeners to have a look at, then go to our Facebook wall, forward slash filmfandango. Or you can tweet us, at Mr David Reed at Marit Larwood, or at filmfandango. And we do all of this for free, and have done for many, many weeks. So... Yes years it is years now it's many years Um, so if you've enjoyed the show and would like to help us keep it alive and keep going then please go to filmfandango.co.uk and follow the links there and donate anything you can and to everyone who has thank you thank thank you very much thank you we'll be back next week keep watching watching the the films. films